No, no, I think Breakthrough TV gives bad, bad, bad broadcasting a good name. You're listening to Con Air Radio. Stop whining. It's about to begin. Good morning, everybody. This is Q Cosplay over here, day three at Salvaton Con. We're with Con Air Radio, and I have the amazing opportunity to talk to one of the most awesome voice actors ever, uh, Dave Fennell, I believe is how it's pronounced. Dave Fennoy. Fennell, okay, I, I was close. Yeah, it's like <laughs> annoy only Fennoy. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I get the opportunity, to, uh, the opportunity to talk to the super awesome guy who's done so much work. So, let, uh, tell him a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, my name's Dave Finoy. I live in Los Angeles, and I've been doing voiceover work uh, in Los Angeles since about 1990, and I know some of you weren't even born then, but uh, so about 32 years, and uh, I was one of the first voices that you heard on video games in the 90s, and I've been doing it ever since. Uh, I've had the opportunity to be a voice on uh, more than 500 video games, and since you do multiple characters often, we're talking thousands of characters. Um, some of your favorite games, some of the most popular games in the world, World of Warcraft, Starcraft, Dota 2, uh, several Batmans, Batman Arkham Knights, uh, Telltale Batman. Um, there's a new one out right now, Rumbleverse, uh, that just came out a couple weeks ago, and I play a character, Skip Leggerday, uh, who is the announcer on that uh, Battle Royale game. Um, the game I'm probably best known for is the Walking Dead game, uh, where I play the playable character Lee Everett, and the game won more than 100 Game of the Year awards. I was nominated for Best Performance in a Video Game several times. I won the, the uh, Machinima Awards and the uh, DICE Awards. I uh, was nominated for a BAFTA, the British Academy of Film and Television Arts Awards. Got to, uh, they flew me to London for the ceremony. Had to wear my tux and everything, <laughs> s- sitting in the room, and uh, didn't win. Aw, that's a real but shame. But you know what? It was an honor to be nominated, and I know exactly what the uh, Oscar-nominated actors feel like when they're nominated. When your peers uh, get together and point at you and say you're one of the best, uh, that's a great thing. And last little last little brag, uh, IMDB uh, named me one of the 20 best male game voices of all time. That is so cool, and you know it, that is a big deal. Even just to get invited to something like the BAFTA, because that's such an exclusive circle. Usually, like oh, it, it absolutely is. It absolutely is, uh, and they do things a little differently in the UK. Uh, video games are celebrated right alongside television shows and movies. And that's that's not something you would expect, especially in the U.S. Because you know here it's like, oh, you did a video game thing, that's fine. Oh, but you were in this Hollywood blockbuster, that's amazing. But yeah. you did this too, I guess. Yeah, and, and it's interesting too. Uh, a lot of video game developers, um, they haven't wanted to support their actors becoming stars, but they have been trying to get stars to get into video games. Yeah. Uh, with mixed success. Uh, it's uh, like anything else, any particular performance art, there are nuances that you have to understand um, and, and bring to the table. And just because you're a big star on TV or movies doesn't mean you're going to bring that performance in a video game. Yeah, that is that is absolutely true. Like I've seen some where they have gotten the big A-list celebrities and the voice act on a game has just been... Uh, just that side of cringe where it's just like it could be a great game but you didn't quite give us what we wanted yeah um. the, the other thing they've been doing is of course uh, we have influencers now uh, so if you're somebody with zillions of TikTok or uh, Snapchat or Facebook or insert social media uh, insert here, social media here <laughs> uh, sometimes they think that translates into success for their game well Number of viewers is how we judge things. How good is it? Uh, how many people bought it? How many people saw it? How many people are listening to it? Um, but that doesn't mean that because you've got an audience as an influencer that you can act. 
and they've made some big mistakes there where they've paid a lot of money for an influencer to be a major character on a game and they got into the session and were terrible. Yeah, it's I, I've, I've seen some of the behind the scenes videos they posted because I've been trying to get into voice acting for years and I, I watch all the behind the scenes stuff and there's been a few where it's like, are you sure that was the best choice? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, Lee Everett, the character I played that got so much acclaim, mm -hmm. they had actually hired somebody else first. Really? I don't know who the person is, don't want to know, uh, but they had done the whole first episode with that actor uh, and then listened back and decided, ooh, this isn't working. And I got a call uh, from my agent, uh, hey, listen, I want to audition you for this role. Uh, it's a guy, um, he's... A little bit southern. He was a a, a a a college professor. Found his wife cheating. Killed them both on his way to jail, and is freed by the zombie apocalypse. Finds an eight-year-old girl, and he's going to save her, and that's his redemption. And I thought, wow, well, that's very interesting. If I weren't doing what I'm doing now, I'd probably be a college professor teaching history someplace. <laughs> and I've got a daughter. Uh, and I know how I want to protect her in a situation like that. Uh, and they said they want something very real. This is not cartoony at all. This is we, something very real. Oh, great. Uh, well, I did the audition a week later. Uh, I was Lee Everett. And over the course of almost a year, uh, we recorded the five episodes. And... Uh, one of the the best gigs still ever. I don't blame you because I played through it. Like, I got it th at the midnight release. I played it through from day one. And as the oldest of eight kids, I kind of felt where Lee was coming from. He was the one I could connect with the most because if that was my, you know, younger sister, I'd want to do the exact same thing. And I've talked to a lot of people um, over the years because I, I used to work at GameStop as well as a couple of other gaming stores. And... Every single one of them said that if they could pick any character they'd want to have as a friend, like they all said they wanted Lee because he was oh, that wow. big brother that they always wanted. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is awesome that you've touched so many people with your work. Like I, whenever when you started voice acting, did you expect to have that kind of influence on people? Well, you know what's interesting when I started uh, as a voice actor, uh, voice acting in video games was not a thing, not a thing at all. I um, I basically wanted to do. Um, commercials, animation, TV promos, and narration. And, uh, and I've still been able to do all of that. Uh, and the first video games that I auditioned for, I really thought of them as more, uh, these are just um, cart cartoons, this is more animation, it's just a little different. Mm -hmm. uh, but as I look back, most of the, the uh, animation that I did was adventure animation. So, you know, Star Wars, uh, Superman, that kind of thing. Yeah. But, like, one of the things I find absolutely amazing is, like, getting to come to these cons and getting to meet the voices of our childhood. Because I, I played the Star Wars games back in the day when they were still on Windows 98. Like, oh, yeah. let me just date myself oh, wow. there. Oh. <laughs> I don't look it, but I'm turning 31 in a, in a few weeks. So. Yeah, well, you don't complain. Look at this gray hair. I mean, I, <laughs> there's a reason I wear wigs, so you can't see mine. Um. <laughs> but... I, I think I still have one in the garage somewhere that I've been working on repairing just as a hobby. <laughs> but um, so like out of all the roles that you've done and out of all these places you've gone to go, is there like a, a story that you have, like somebody that you talked to or a, con a convention you went to or somebody you worked with that just that stands out as that moment that makes you realize this is why I do what I do? Well, you know what? Uh, there is. I always thought I was just having fun doing something that I love to do that paid very well. And uh, I have a sister who is a doctor, and I would always tease her that, you know, well, if you're doing important work, I'm having fun. <laughs> and it's amazing that we both are making decent livings doing that. Mm -hmm. um, I never really thought this work was satisfying, except to me personally, until I started going to cons. And I would meet people, and not just Lee Everett, but especially Lee Everett, um, a lot of people would have a story about how this character, this story, made a difference in their lives. Uh, I've run into a lot of kids uh, who maybe they're single parent family, and they maybe they were missing a dad, 
uh, and Lee Everett for them became a father figure. Um, uh, Melissa Hutchinson, who played Clementine, and I uh, often have been at conventions. They put us at the same table, and, and you know, people, oh, well, it's Lee and Clem. <laughs> and we had this young lady. We were at SAC Anime, and a young lady came up. She, 16, 17, um, and uh, she wanted to take a picture with us. So we, we got her behind the table, and, you know, we put our arms around her. She was shaking. Oh, no. Poor thing. <laughs> um, because the game meant so much to her, and she put us on such a pedestal, which, you know, it's nice to be recognized. I always like to tell people that, uh, you know what? I'm still a regular person. I, I, I think I have a pretty cool job, and clearly you do too, but um, we're not that different. Mm -hmm. We're not that different. See, and that that is so cool, knowing that there's fans out there who are just like, no, this is this is who I aspire to be. This is who has helped me through ever, all of this. Like, I I just I love hearing the guy the stories that you guys tell, especially at, like you know the panels and stuff when somebody asks that one question that actually makes you guys think. Like, you know, it's a good answer if you have to think about it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, sometimes you do have to take your time. I, I did miss uh, miss one. There was a, a young man. His his mom had brought him. Uh, and he had autism, uh, which you run into a lot. Mm -hmm. A lot of Asperger's, a lot of autism. Uh, video games have been a comfort uh, for a lot of those uh, kids and people. And this little boy had issues beyond a lot uh, where he would have fits. And it turned out that the voice of Lee Everett was the thing that would calm him down. So for a while... Uh, I've lost track of them now, but for a while I would send him uh, little tapes on audio, little MP3s, email, uh, just talking to him a little bit. And uh, I think they've moved or changed their email or something, but uh, I stopped hearing from them. But uh, it's nice to know that, you know, you can do something for somebody like that. That is absolutely amazing. As an older brother of... of a, a younger brother who is deaf and has autism that actually means a lot to me on a personal level yeah. because my he would love watching me play video games because he just loved hearing the voices yeah and one of his favorites was whenever i would play star wars and i'd be you know in the pod and everything he would hear the hut and he was just like it's the voice it's the voice <laughs> <laughs> so like to know that my brother wasn't the only one who had that experience means so much ah cool and well uh, you know uh <laughs> It's one of the things, my fellow voice actors, when we're at conventions and we get to meet uh, those people that what we've done has meant so much. And they're not all autistic. It's not just them. But mm -hmm. uh, it, it, to me, that's kind of special, too. Uh, too often, uh, those are the kids uh, that have been bullied and picked on uh, because they're different. Mm -hmm. um, and I used to think that, well, there's... All of them have some special talent, and I've been taught since then by people who work with autistic kids that they run the same range as the rest of us. Mm -hmm. Some of them are just brilliant. We just have to find a way to get to that brilliance. Most of them, uh, intelligence in the, in the medium range like the rest of us, yeah. and then some that uh, have some you know, serious learning problems. But they're really like everybody else. With yeah. just this special thing that uh, we need to spend a little more time, find the way to get to them. Yeah, they each have their own little quirk, which makes yes. them unique, just like you and I do. You know, we all yeah. have our own little things we have going on for us. Yeah. So I, I know that a lot of voice actors do work with charity and such. Um, is there any charity that you've ever partnered with? That well, you know what? Uh, yeah, I have my own. Oh, you do? Uh, my wife and I do a thing called Backyard Jazz. Well, we haven't been able to do it the last two years. Well, with things but we opening actually up. <laughs> have uh, uh, concerts in our backyard um, and we bring in some of the best musicians in the world uh, who will come and play for not free but a reduced rate yeah um, <laughs> we can only fit about a hundred people in our backyard uh, and we raise money uh, one of our uh, it's for the Watson Willowbrook Youth uh, Symphony um, but all the money we raise typically goes to uh, educational organizations for uh, disadvantaged kids in music. 
and the Watts Willowbrook Youth Symphony, uh, it pays for violins, violas, cellos, uh, instruction, uh, places to rehearse, uh, to pay the teachers to teach, uh, to help kids um, learn to play classical music. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of them don't just stay there. Uh, we have jazz violinists now, jazz cellists. Um, uh, there's a young man uh, who plays bass and, and orchestral R&B and jazz. That, that is absolutely amazing, Like especially because now that the arts aren't taken as seriously. You know, there's so many school districts losing their art programs. I, I was lucky with my graduating class that we still had a musical theater department, and the year I graduated, they ended up pulling the funding, and we lost our musical theater department. Yeah. And, and this has been going on for a long time. When I was a kid going to school in the Cleveland public schools, um, first thing to go was art and music, uh, then certain sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. No, a certain sport. Football, basketball, yeah, and not baseball football, are always the top not basketball. three. Uh, uh, but certain sports, uh, you know, we had Title IX that, that brought women's sports back in colleges. Um, but I think there's some kind of misunderstanding in our country that um, arts—it's eh, just arts; it doesn't mean anything. But mm-hmm. it means everything, and art is all around us. It, it's almost a, a forest for the trees kind of thing. I'm looking at this. Some artist did this design mm-hmm. of your logo. Uh, it's not just, well, we got to wait for Picasso to die before his stuff is worth any money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there is art everywhere you look, everything you hear, you walk into a place, whatever the music that is, is playing is, the sound design for video, it, it's omnipresent. Um, and somehow we think, well, if we just teach reading, writing, and arithmetic, that we have it covered, and now mm-hmm. they even want to pull history out. Yeah, which uh, I, I hate to sound like a broken record, but I quote this all the time when I do panels. Those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. And yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, you know, it's, it's kind of falling onto a lot of parents who maybe don't know how to teach their kids this, to try and teach them history and everything, or try to teach them how to well, play piano. Well, I think, I think sometimes uh, a particular group may feel like, well, history doesn't portray us well. Um, and, well, let's, let's just talk about uh, American history and slavery and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of white parents who will feel like, oh, you, if I teach this, my kid's going to feel bad about themselves because they're white and they're going to be associated with these mm-hmm. horrible things that happen. Well, there's a whole other side to that. Yeah. There were a whole other group of, of white people who fought and died to free slaves. Yeah. There, there are history and villains on on both sides it, of that yeah. line there. Yeah. You know, it's it's yeah. not just one side versus this side. There's a much deeper yeah. understanding of it. It's just people only want to teach the black and the white. There's no gray for them to teach. Abs- many, many families were physically split. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> kind of like we are now. Oh, yeah, no. I, there's plenty of people I know who are currently going through a situation where one half of them family believes this thing, the other half believes that, and they're trying to play the peacekeeper. Yeah, and, uh, you know, hopefully mm-hmm. we can get it all back together. I, it would be really nice if we could all start working together again because it, it's a point now, or especially now of all times, we need to be able to work together and to help support each other. Now, especially coming out of this pandemic, you know, so many people struggled during the pandemic. Either they lost jobs, they lost families, everything. We need to be there for each other now more than anything. Absolutely, absolutely. But um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about, real quick? Like any of your projects you have coming up that you're allowed to talk about? Obviously. Well, you, well, you know what? It's, <laughs> I wish I could. Um, we have this thing called NDAs, non-disclosure agreements, um, and over the last several years, uh, just about anything you audition for, uh, you have to sign an NDA, often before you audition. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's, well, sign the NDA, send in your audition. Sometimes it's, sign the NDA, and we'll send you the audition mm-hmm. uh, that you can't talk about, even uh, sometimes the, the games or cartoons or even commercials. They have NDAs for commercials now? They have NDAs for commercials now. Um, we have begun, gotten to be a very secretive society. I understand it with video games, especially because it comes out of uh, high tech, and high tech mm-hmm. is very secretive about, well, we don't want you to uh, get this program and be able to clone it. Now uh, uh, you're making money on the thing that we spent so much time working yeah, on. Yeah, the, the tiniest slip-up can, can completely destroy a company. Yeah. So um, 
a lot of actors uh, have made the mistake of mentioning something. And mm. uh, part of it's our fault yeah. as actors, uh, especially people who are just beginning. Mm-hmm. They get so excited. I got this audition for this <laughs> Marvel project, and it's, it's for this character, and it's going to be coming on. And they didn't want anybody to know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes you're auditioning for a project um, under a name like Project B. Uh, well, it's something else. Yeah. Uh, it's out now, so I can talk about it. Uh, uh, Marvel Avengers War for Wakanda, uh, which is a Black Panther game. I play uh, Zawavari, who is the magician. And it's the first time he's been in the comic books, but it's the first time he showed up uh, animated. Yeah. And. Uh, forget what the what the the, the the phony name was uh, but I kept going wow this just seems kind of familiar <laughs> and, and then oh eh, that's, why. Wakanda, that's why <laughs> I get it now no that, that's amazing like I've loved the Black Panther com- comics ever since I was a kid and honestly the magician was my absolute favorite character from the comics that ma- that just makes it even more of make makes me even happier I can't talk today I'm a drag queen I'm paid to talk yeah <laughs> and you know um, Black Panther huge um, cultural shift the success of that movie mm-hmm. um, for a long time it was well we can't have a movie that most of the characters are black and the heroes are black and so forth we can mm-hmm. we can have black people in a movie yeah, but uh, no one's going to go see that well it was worldwide hit I, I believe it was the highest grossed Marvel yeah. movie yet yeah, absolutely and it and well, uh, at the time when it came out it was the highest gross because yeah. that was right before Infinity War came yeah. out yeah. and that one that one skyrocketed because so much happened <laughs> But when you look at the success of that and an Encanto and and so so not only is it European culture and heroes, you know, Thor, mm-hmm. but now we have Asian stars and Latin stars yeah. and black stars. And actually, this is the kind of thing uh, that helps the whole society come together and normalize all of us. Yeah, that that is absolutely amazing. I'm loving the representation because as somebody who is mixed race myself, I have like five things going on, but like as somebody who does have a good chunk of Japanese in my in my genetics, it mm. made, like seeing turning red meant so much to me because it was like, hey, here's yeah. an Asian American who's being not produ- you know, she's not the super smart science kid, she's not this, she's not that. Playing something something other than the stereotype. Exactly. Like, you know, I loved Big Hero 6, but they had everybody playing the stereotypes in that one. It was a great movie, but it was so stereotyped. And Turning Red made me realize, hey, there's there's kids like I was. You know, people didn't yeah. believe me because I don't look it, but there's kids like me out there who just wanted a normal life. Well, you know, I, I, I think the DNA tests that you can get now are <laughs> surprising a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, no, I took... I, I did like I did like four of those because I was like, there's no way there's like 25% Japanese, and I did like four, and they all came back within 0.5 of each other. So it's like, okay, well, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we're actually all one big happy family. Oh yeah. Um, humanity started in Africa and and spread out, and we're if we can just get that we're all cousins. Exactly. <laughs> well, it has been wonderful talking to you and getting to know you. I. This has been a dream of mine. I've been wanting to sit down and talk to you for years, so this just this uh, made my weekend. Well, it's my pleasure. <laughs> it's my pleasure. It's nice when somebody wants to actually hear what you have to say. Absolutely. And I, I always believe that you can learn so much if you just sit down and listen. Absolutely. Um, is there anything you want to tell our fans before we... Hey, uh, check me out on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter, at Dave Fenoy. Uh, also on Instagram, at Dave Fenoy. I don't post that much, <laughs> and I promise I'll always have my clothes on. Uh, and uh, if you're somebody that's interested in doing uh, voiceover work, every Wednesday, 6 p.m. Pacific, I do a thing, Ask Dave Fenoy Anything. And it's not just me. I bring on other voice actors and directors and technical people. And uh, we talk and learn and have a good time. And uh, love to hear from you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your weekend. <laughs> All right, good afternoon, everybody. This is Q Cosley back at you, still at day three of Sabo 10 here with Con Air Radio. We are joined by one of our local cosplayers and artists. Please introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Raven. I go by Raven Red Rum online. I'm a local Mesa cosplayer, a TikTok creator, and happy to be here. 
we're happy to have you. Like, I've been following your stuff for a long time before we became friends. So, like, <laughs> I the fact that I can call you my friend makes it even cooler. Um, <laughs> I see how no idea is now. So Cam's using this for the opportunity to blow up every all of our friends. And, you know, it's like, <laughs> ah, get, get everyone up there. Get everyone up there. Well, I mean, a little bit, yes. But also because I know that you do a lot of really cool um, artistic creations. You do artwork. You do enamel pins and all this awesome stuff. And I'd love for you to get a chance to talk about what it is that you do in the community. Like, uh, for a perfect example, like, how long have you been cosplaying? Uh, I started cosplaying, actually, here at Saboton. Saboton was my first ever anime convention. And my first cosplay was Raven from Teen Titans because I was staffing the event. I didn't want anyone to forget my name. So I figured that would be perfect to cosplay Raven. And these the people here have encouraged me so much to grow and build. I used to be really quiet. I didn't talk a lot. I kind of hid myself in a corner during security. hear that a lot now. Yeah, we, we, we've <laughs> talked bring, to a lot of staff. We're like, I didn't talk to people until I started working the con. <laughs> yeah, it brings their people out of the shell. It does. They're a very encouraging and supportive community, and I honestly don't think I would be where I am now without them. I even had, like, an awkward thank you speech at a smoke session. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, that that's a really cool opportunity. Not a lot of people can say they get those opportunities. <laughs> so... Obviously, you do cosplay. Um, as far as your art goes, what, what mediums do you like enjoy the most? Like, what, what do you specialize in? So I used to prefer to pencil the paper and stupidly a me mechanical pencil. Hey, those but things work great for shading. They do. They're <laughs> so much better for shading than people give them credit for. The amount of artists that don't appreciate a mechanical pencil are crazy, in my opinion. But um, we, we do not say that uh, that is a personal opinion for several people we are not saying that you're all idiots yeah you're not <laughs> no wait yeah, no. i like to say that they're all idiots <laughs> it's I mean, every art medium is valid without shaming someone for Absolutely. how they have the ability to draw like i started drawing with mechanical pencils because that's what i had now i use my phone and i prefer digital drawing and digital drawing is somehow harder and easier at the same time but I've had a lot of fun learning it. I understand that all too well, because it's a lot easier to hit Control-Z, but sometimes you just can't get that line right because that's stupid pressure sensitivity. Mm-hmm. You can just redo that line again and again and again, and it doesn't stain the paper from how many times you've erased it. Yeah. Yep. And you don't rip the paper. You don't get the that wonderful uh, pulp that comes up that just oh. ruins the whole thing. And Oh, especially when painting. I, I hate when I paint. I, I do watercolor, so I understand that stress all too well because you put just enough water and it's going to fall apart. Suddenly you have paper mache material. Yep, and sometimes it works, <laughs> sometimes not so much. Um, <laughs> so how long have you been coming to Sabo? Uh, my first Sabo was in 2016. Yeah, 2016, so it's been about six years now. Seems Worked. to be the time, six years, yeah, five to six years. Yeah, a lot years. of the people who come here say you have been here since, like, you know, almost day one, so. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I, my friend invited me out here. He was already working security, and he was like, hey, we need people. Do you want to volunteer for a free event? And I was like, I would love to volunteer to get free entrance. And now I'm stuck here. I can't leave. I'm a coordinator <laughs> now. <laughs> Yeah, that Malachi mentioned, you know, he started when, when everything started up, and he was just like, yeah, no, now Greg won't let me leave. I'm not allowed to leave. I, I'm, t I'm tethered to his, I have a chain on his ankle. He won't let me go. <laughs> yes, but we, we, we decided that he was a prodigy now. So Yeah, it, we, it's we not have that decided that Malachi is Greg 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> I can well, absolutely see that. T-shirt in the making. <laughs> yep, this is going to happen by Kikori. <laughs> we actually had someone last night who was knighted by some... One of our staff became a lord through one of those websites. He knighted someone, so they now have pledged their fealty to Greg Fennell, <laughs> and they will serve him for as long as they shall live. God, this takes great. me back to my SCA days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <I> so, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm just. I'm picturing all these things as as we're going along. I'm seeing Greg doing the knighting. Now you go back to the STA. I, I, I wish Greg fighter, was so. there. He's going to find out through Facebook that someone's knighted to him. Uh, <laughs> that's that's going to be a fun conversation at next con. Right? 
here's your knight, Sir Greg. Do with him as you will. (laughs) (laughs) He's yours. Bye. (laughs) See, I would Um, rather call him a a squire. Yeah, the squires are the ones you can boss around the most. Right. (laughs) It's really annoying to try to boss a knight around because, you know, they... Most knights were noble anyway, so they're always that shot that they're going to take a shot at the at the kingdom. So you, know, you have to watch out for the knights. Squires you can boss around, not knights. Yeah. <laughs> I want a squire. That would be great to have just a little assistant. Go get me a milkshake. See, that's where you take a page out of Corgi's book, because when I'm not here costuming my own stuff, me and my wife are actually Corgi's bitches. Luna is bitch one, I am bitch two. This is actually this is our official Corgi cosplay helper titles dictated by Nicole herself so like you just uh, need to get yourself a, a, a raven bitch <laughs> I can just now see I'm seeing shirts that for that I'm seeing <laughs> bitch every time <laughs> bitch I, I'm being used by um, uh, <laughs> insert name here yeah. every time I bring anyone onto staff with me I'm like hey I brought my roommate hey I brought my boyfriend and they're like oh they're ravens flock <laughs> I don't care what department they're in you're in charge of them and I'm like Okay. <laughs> okay. You want to go get me something to drink? And they're like, not really. And I'm like, okay, see you soon. <laughs> Strawberry. <laughs> That's awesome, though, that you have all these friends that you can pull in and help you out like this. Like, not a lot of people can say that because I know there's a lot of people here who are like, you know, well, I, I love the concert, but my friends don't get it. Or, like, they're not nerdy like me and stuff like that. And it seems like you have a really good support system when you come to these events. Oh, yeah. And I honestly only – this is my boyfriend's – Technically, first event. He's never come to me with one. Bef- come to one with me before. So he's a virgin. Yeah, uh, we went to Kokori, which is like a vacation con, very small. And <laughs> I, o- I, I only got it. him to go there because I was like, "Hey, I want to get married here. It's a potential venue." And Aww. so it was a trick. It was a trap. <laughs> he didn't run away screaming. <laughs> yep, and now he's here again, and he's actually talking to people. Which is great because I don't see him come out of his shell like this either. It's great to watch. It, it, it's funny to see it see it actually happen. Going, yeah, wait, I don't think I've ever seen you talk that much at all. <laughs> it's amazing see how, you, see how many people that like you know, in normal day don't talk to anybody, don't really you know associate with anybody. They just kind of sit in their own little shell. But you put them in here, and all of a sudden, hey, I'm gonna shut up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's so quiet and reserved. He never really talks to anyone. If I have a house party, he stays in the room. But last night I heard him cracking jokes, inappropriate jokes. He was punching people in the arm playfully, and I was like, I don't get to see this ever. This is fantastic. (laughs) I love it. That is so cool that you can share this with your partner and that it's helping him open up as well because there's a lot of people who just don't like talking to people, and you put them in a situation where there's people who have the same interests, and it's like, oh, no, this is my best friend now. We've been friends for two days. This is my best friend ever. (laughs) Yeah, he really didn't think he would enjoy it here. He doesn't like crowds of people, but this is a safe space. I don't know anyone here who would disagree that this is not, like this is the best place to be in Arizona right now. We got our awesome friends with us. I got you guys here. I get to chill with you every chance I get a break. It's amazing. Y'all mm-hmm. are my family. And, and technically, we do have security. So We do, know, yeah. So, I mean, it's, we're it's in just, protective custody. We are. You know, it's, I actually had somebody asking me as I was walking to my panel going, do you need security to walk to your panel? No, no, I'm good. Really? <laughs> I'm not used to getting that offer. <laughs> so I, I'm curious. How did you get your start in cosplay? Like, what, what intrigued you other than, you know, wanting to have your name recognized? Like, was there anything that made you really want to do it? after that one instance. (laughs) I've always loved cosplay, just watching it, but I never thought I could get into it. When I was in high school though, my technically senior year, that's a long story. (laughs) Um, We had a costume contest for Halloween and I was goth and all I had was leather corset, leather pants, leather boots, and some black wigs. So I cut out a red bat and I, pa- I pasted it to the front of my black leather corset. And then I took some putty and I made it look like my throat was ripped open. And I guess technically my first cosplay was Batwoman. And I got second place because they couldn't give me first place because of how gory I was. Ah, that's <laughs> that a shame. <laughs> yep, they didn't want a picture in the yearbook of just blood 
Uh. Darn those those logical PG thirteen school rules. <laughs> <laughs> I just go. I don't like school rules. Period. That too. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter if it makes sense or not. That's that. Screw you. It's because we said so. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But no, that's awesome that you got to do that kind of stuff in high school. Like, not a lot of people get that chance because you know, there's always the school bullies and stuff like that. You know, like, I, I for one, got thrown in a lot of dumpsters because I was a musical theater kid. Like, I literally got thrown in the dumpsters after lunch when it was already gross and nasty. So it was, it was a lot of fun. The high school I went to out here was intended only for poor kids or foster kids. So there wasn't a lot of bullying because all of us had kind of been through the same stuff seen the same stuff i don't want to cuss on here but no we're we're explicit you okay can. same shit different day there different you go. Life. But, uh, <laughs> yeah so we all kind of had similar personalities of hi i've been traumatized and i'm going to dress a little bit crazy so i can get my emotions out one way or another that's absolutely just, that's just like the warning for every day when i was going to school it's like i <laughs> I've gotten to the point where I just don't care anymore. <laughs> the principal yelled at me because I was smoking on school property, leaning up against <laughs> the front of the door. And I turned around and I says, you really, why, you're bitching about me about this? I'm playing hooky the entire day. <laughs> yeah, like, I haven't been get, in the building at all. <laughs> what do you want to get more mad at me for? <laughs> but no, that's, that is super cool that you got that opportunity in high school. Like, it, it's so cool hearing everybody's, like, you know, quote-unquote origin stories. You know, it's... It just fascinates me because everybody comes from such different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And, like, I, I've gotten to see you over the past few years grow and bloom as a, a more social person because I met you towards when you first started. And you were very, you were still, even though you were kind of out there, you were still a little shy, still weren't quite talking to people. And then I just walked up like, hi, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were honestly one of my favorite people to meet because you're so out there and vibrant. And I love that. And I, I think that was when I was cosplaying the, it was when I was doing the One Piece cosplay, I think, with the crazy corset and everything. <laughs> oh, I love that corset. Oh, my God. I need to get a new one because COVID happened. <laughs> oh, I feel that. I need to get all new corsets. Period. Well, I got mine on Amazon. Who does I, that? I think I need to use, start using some I, I, need to start, <laughs> I need to start wearing mine because my jeans don't fit anymore and I don't want to buy new pants. <laughs> Man, I was uh, Doug Demodome for my cosplay yesterday and I didn't try it on until Thursday. And my pants didn't fit. Oh no. And so I grabbed a white pair of shorts and they didn't fit. So I grabbed a white skirt and it didn't match. And I was like, crap, I got to go to the store. Fuck. Oh, no. <laughs> got to love that day before con shopping trip, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Where sure. you just absolutely forget that maybe you should try on your cosplay because it's been a couple years since you bought it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm currently having that same problem with my Labyrinth cosplay. As I tried on my top for Jareth last night, and it's like, wow, this is a lot tighter than I remember. It's supposed to be flowy, not skin tight. What the heck? Oh, Oh. And the worst part is it's that it's cotton, so it doesn't stretch. So I'm just like, I don't want to... It's also my shirt that I wore at my wedding, so it's like, I can't tear it. If I tear it, I'm going to cry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so I'm going to switch that. this to Lycra. <laughs> yeah, so I was just like, you know what? I, I have a hot glue gun. I've got some white fabric. I'll just break out knuckles. Let's do this. <laughs> what was I, I saw it on... Um, oh, I think it was on Instagram or Facebook somewhere. A guy was you know, trying to get onto his shirt, and it wasn't really working anymore. His girlfriend comes up with a pair of scissors, has him turn around, cuts a slit up the back of his shirt so he could button the front. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that it works. works. <laughs> if you're wearing a suit jacket, nobody will know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Throw on no a sweater. I cut myself out of a jacket for a different reason. My coat, oh, my winter coat had ripped. And I was cold outside, so I ended up just duct-taping my jacket all the way. I was like six, duct-taping a jacket to myself. And I was in the car, and no one was really paying attention to me. I duct-taped myself to the seatbelt. Oh, no! And so that night when we got home, it's dark outside. My foster mom opens the car door, and she's just, what did you do back here? Just, oh, no. Uh, on, on the one hand, I'm concerned. On the other hand, I'm kind of impressed you managed this. Without being noticed. <laughs> right, because duct tape guessing. makes a very audible noise. Mm, very it's not loud. something that you're very subtle It does with. when it comes off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, especially if you're, if you're like me and you have a really bad habit of duct taping yourself into a costume and it gets that one spot that's not covered by fabric. Oh. Uh-huh. So she ended up running inside, grabbing a pair of scissors, and cutting me out of this puffy coat. Oh, 
<laughs> which took forever. I think we must have been out there for at least 20 minutes. But again, I was young. I don't really know the time so, frame, but I can remember it well enough. It must have been long. 20 minutes felt like forever back then, you know, when, when <laughs> you know, five minutes was too long. Well, that's, oh, yeah. where, that's where the terminology, mom, comes in. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell when you, when you start hearing that, it's already too long. <laughs> or, you know, the dreaded silence. <laughs> you don't hear that very often. No, but when you do, it's a pro it's a reason for concern. <laughs> so I'm I'm curious. You uh, you do a lot of cool, uh, of really cool stuff, like your artwork and everything. Um, is there any projects you have coming up that you're super excited for, like cosplays you're working on, art pieces, anything like that? So I'm actually working on bringing neon signs into my business. I think it would be really fun to have naked glowing women on my wall. First of all, absolutely. And I think every I bar needs idea. one too. <laughs> Yeah, because you did the uh, lewd Mandalorian pins, right? Mm-hmm. Mandahorian. Mandahorian. Sorry, mm -hmm. I have to correct my terminology. There. She's it's, a whore. <laughs> at least she's honest about it, you know? And, you know, we, we support our sex workers in this world. We do. We do. <laughs> yeah, so our first one will probably be a Mandahorian neon sign. And I'm so excited for that. We're bringing out T-shirts. Um, we wanted to have them for this con, but we're a bit late. Um, we have Bulma T-shirts from Dragon Ooh. Ball Z that we're going to be bringing out. And depending on how things go, it might be Bulma. It might be Bulma with a clash from the boys with a... She's wearing oh, a bikini, yeah. uh, so I have, like, one with a tentacle coming out of her mouth, and it says, Timothy is praying. I don't know if you've seen the boys. I have, and I know exactly the scene you're talking about, and mm -hmm. I, I need to see this happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite art pieces. I've shown it to my roommate, and he's like, why would you do this? And I was like... Because why not? Why not? She's on a beach... She's in a bikini. Timothy is praying. It makes sense. She's like the lewdest character on DBZ anyway. So. Exactly. And that's saying a lot because a lot of them wear some skimpy outfits. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, nobody remembers Chi-Chi's outfit from back in Dragon Ball. That was... And I worked hard to make this the most skimpy Bulma you can find. I took different variations of Bulma throughout the years and took my favorite parts to make her the hottest bitch I could. I love it. And I, I love that you're so comfortable putting this artwork out because I love seeing art like this. But it's, not everybody's comfortable doing it, and that's totally valid. But the fact that you're comfortable enough to do this makes me so happy. It, it runs in my blood. My mother is a sex worker. I don't want to sell my body, but I'll sell other women's drawings. There you bodies. go. It's <laughs> funny because I actually got a message on our Etsy a couple weeks ago saying, you have clearly never seen a woman's body. Ah, uh, excuse me? I am a woman, so yes, I have. I have pretty good reference material here. Yeah, like, so. if anybody's going to know how to do it, it's going to be you. <laughs> yeah, I've seen a lot of boobs. I draw a lot of boobs. They're nice, squishy-looking boobs. Oh, we also want to make squishy stickers. <gasps> Because remember in the early 2000s, you had the jelly stickers yeah, and the puffy it, stickers? It, it kind of felt like the, the weird water tubes we played with in elementary school. Absolutely. And you don't see those anymore. And to have that for a Jiggly Boob Waifu sticker is everything we could need. It's a two-in-one. It's like a cronut. Uh-huh. Everybody loves it. I, there's when I was in earlier inside earlier there I looked up on the wall and there was one of the booths that were selling the uh, boob uh, mouth pads so you put your mouth pad there and you rest your wrist between the boobs yeah <laughs> I'm sitting there going okay uh, it's been a while since I've seen that one but it's interesting that it's coming back again <laughs> I saw those, and I immediately sent a photo to my boss, like, this is a good business expense. <laughs> it is, and it's something that sells well, because you can do it for male or female. I've seen a lot of, like, Final Fantasy art with the guys, like uh, Gladio from Final Fantasy XV with that, with the pecs and everything. Right. Oh, yes. Lo I've seen an ace one. Oh, mm. I know exactly what you're talking about, and I'm so bad because they've been sold out for forever. Forever. Oh, <laughs> but, my God. Um, I actually I found an artist who has one for Whitebeard, and I kind of need it. <laughs> If I can Me? find the link again, I'll send it to you. I need one for, and maybe I'll make this. I need one for Lady Demitrescu. Please make this happen, because I will pre-order one from you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Now all of a sudden I'm seeing, uh, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, the, the web company where you, you, uh, where you can uh, fund 
Oh, yeah, the GoFundMe is. Go, uh, a GoFundMe <laughs> account sitting there going, and all of a sudden you're going to sing. Or, no, the other one where it's uh, oh, uh, uh, start the project. Patreon. Pa- no, er. still not the right one. <laughs> we'll get it eventually. Uh, um, so many people do it, and I just cannot remember. It's a brain fart. Anyway, the, the whole concept is you start laying it out, and the project is paid. You know, when they hit a certain goal, it's paid. You know, so you get all this money. Kickstarter. To, Kickstarter. <laughs> Jesus, how, how hard is it to remember that? I, I can't believe, I, I actually had to think of Matt Mercer and the whole critical role of Vox Mach in a cartoon to make that, to remember that that was a thing. I, I'm sitting there going, how hard is it to remember this thing? Anyway, you know, I can see that. You know, it's like, I'm going to kickstart all these boobs or I'm going to kickstart all these little projects like that. I actually have a Kickstarter planned for the next couple months. It's going to launch. Um, I'm doing early 2000s lewd waifus, so Dexter's mom from Dexter's Ooh. Laboratory, Timmy Turner's mom, the Tooth Fairy. She's not really a mom, but... <laughs> I mean, there's you can also go with uh, Jimmy Neutron, too. Mm-hmm. I did Trudy Proud. Ooh. She looks fine as hell. I'm very excited to launch those. I'm excited to see these projects now because now that I know these are coming out, I'm gonna start stalking your stuff even more now because like I already I already follow all your media for like all the updates you post because you post such cool artwork. But now I have even more reason because I will fully admit as a kid I had a crush on Dexter's mom. Right? She's got an ass for days and it's appreciable. And she's got that really like that really cool wasp waist going on that you usually have to corset to get. Oh yes. Oh, I, I miss that about early 2000s cartoons. Just that. that I don't super miss the way they would figure. sometimes replace a woman with a piece of steak, but I do like the way they drew them thick. Absolutely. And I, since we've been here, I think I've only seen one or two, but there have been a couple here. I'm going, my God, that girl has no meat on her bones. Uh-huh. And she's like, if, if you can use one hand and still touch your fingers, that's too thin. You, you, you need to eat something, honey. But at the same time, you know, whatever you've got going on, that's cool. But, like, I worry for people's health. So I'm just like, are you okay? <laughs> Ribs for did, did you pull a Marilyn Manson? Even though that apparently was a myth, I didn't realize that was a myth until like two years ago. <laughs> apparently, the myth that was going on in the early 2000s that Marilyn Manson had a couple of his ribs surgically removed apparently was a myth. I'm learning this today. I was 28 years old when I learned that, so you're not too far off. <laughs> today, years old. <laughs> But no, like, I, I'm super excited to see where, where your artwork goes and to see what you put out because your stuff, it always draws a crowd and there's always so many people who are excited to see what every con for your artwork. I'm excited to see more of yours. Uh, I love no. seeing <laughs> Listen, don't make that face about what you make. You make great stuff. <laughs> She's going back into podcast. He's going. It's just just the way it is. It's yeah, I'm it's going just, back. I, into I'm podcast. going full circle. I started with a podcast pre-quarantine. We're going to end with a podcast at some point. Yep. <laughs> but um, no, like, is there is there anything any? Uh, let me think. What's the best way I can phrase this? Uh, is there any advice you would give Tamey, who's like not sure about starting cosplaying or selling their artwork? Like, he's just getting started in the concert. Is there any advice that you would give to like say yourself at like your first sabo? What's the advice you would give to somebody who doesn't know what they're doing and wants to get started? I was really scared to start my own business thinking there was no way I was ever going to be able to do it on my own. And now that I'm doing it, I realize that like the business partner I have to help me with this stuff I don't know, I can do all of it. I do everything. (laughs) I do all of it. It's so easy. I overthought it. It's really easy to be your own worst critic and overthink yourself and stress out. Just do it. Like you said it well, just do it. When you come to the business, though, it's it, the benefit of being paranoid about trying to start that business really gets you on the ball of analyzing every step of it. And then mm-hmm. when you start it and you realize if I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. Actually, I've already just overcome 98% of my fears because you do the research into it. And then all of a sudden going, I, I can do this because I can I can see it now and I can work with it now. And the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. True. I remember my first few drawings didn't really have any shading to them. So I wasn't good at it. But now I shade everything. I highlight everything. I learn more every day that I go by doing this art. And it's astounding because I didn't think I would be a techie person who knew how to do stuff on a computer 
I always tried to sell my paper art and it didn't go anywhere. Digital is apparently where it's at in some cases. It, it makes a lot of sense though because it's a lot easier for you to reach more people and it's easier for people to like, you know, order commissions and stuff if they can get a digital print to be like, hey, is it okay if I print this out when I when I get the email or whatever, you know? It lasts longer. The it amount does. of art pieces I commissioned on solid paper that have been destroyed over time. Right. Well, you, you, you get turn around, you create a print, and here, here's your 11 by 17 print, and then you turn around and you go, here you go. The person turns around, takes it home in their tube, you know, and then they're going, okay, where am I going to put this? So it's like I can go to Walmart and buy, the, buy a, a frame for it, or I can use a couple of quick pins and put it on the wall. You move, you're removing the pins on the wall. So now you got holes in the end of your, pin, uh, your, yep. your poster. You know, it, it's easy to damage. Digital prints, you turn around going, I'm going to make it my background. <laughs> yeah, it oh, can yeah. be your background. You can print it again and again and again yeah, as long as you need. If it gets damaged, you can just get another copy of it, you know? It's, mm -hmm. it, it's a lot... It's a lot more uh, eco-friendly, too, because you're not, you know, having to throw it away right away. You can hold on to it until you're ready to print it out. Mm -hmm. but and not to mention when you mess out. up a drawing and you're like, that's not salvageable. Uh -huh. Salvageable, and you're just and you go through a whole paper to the side. One print. <laughs> yep. But at the same time, having that hard copy uh, for people that are uh, like attendees, you know, or people just trying to get into the business, you find an artist that you really... Um, uh, are are anxious to try their work, or you you they motivate you and type stuff. Um, you want the hard copy of theirs because you want them to sign it, and mm -hmm. that turns into your prized possession. You know, I'm going to put it on the wall, and I'm going to encase it in cement, except for that one <laughs> piece of plexiglass that's going to be there, so I can see it every day. You know, yeah. so. I mean, there are several pieces that I would love to have digital um, so I can carry them with me, but at the same time, they're not autographed. You know, I have friends that are, are, are actors, and I have their, their work on my, on my wall, and it's got an autograph, and, I says, and it's going to stay there. <laughs> mm -hmm. So apparently, there's actually a few people that do have my autograph out there before I even started selling my art. When I was working uh, guest relations here, when the guests would go do their thing, I would watch their booth and all their posters and merch and everything. People would come up to me and be like, oh, my God, you look so cool. Can I get your autograph? And I'm like, <laughs> well, I'm not the voice actor. And they're like, okay, but can I still get your autograph? And I'm like, Actually, sure. there's a guy that was here earlier, was it yesterday, the day before, um, and he was wandering around, and I virtually believe he's the same guy I saw a couple of years ago that was stopping by every table and getting the person's autograph for no particular reason, just because he wanted them to sign it. That is so cool, like, that people do that. Well, actually, I think he was a little mental, but, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean. but it, it, yeah, I thought it was really kind of odd because he was just going from one table to another. Can you please autograph this? And Because it, it, it was his notebook. It wasn't a print that somebody had created. Oh, okay, yeah. He was just going, can I get your autograph? Can I get your autograph? And I'm like, what the heck is he doing that for? Right. <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe if they ever make it big, he could be like, I got their autograph first before they were famous. You know, be that, that one hipster guy who's like, I was with them before they were cool. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going back to it. I think he was mental. <laughs> yeah, he, he probably was a little bit. But you kind of have to be a little bit mental to at least get in the scene. Like, Well, I, I'm thinking he was close to having three or four screws that, that released the marbles <laughs> okay yeah that that's the point where so. it's just like okay yeah we're a little we're, we're into dangerous territory here well and, and you know and we talked about this that safe zone issue thing mm -hmm. I, he was one of those ones that i'm thinking he might be an issue down the yeah. road um <laughs> so. speaking of safe zones um i know that you're an advocate for this as well um how do you feel about the safe zones they've been setting up around saboton now i actually really like it i kind of recommended it a couple years ago um this is a very loud event with a lot of people and this is going to sound wrong to say but a lot of us here have something going on mentally we all have some kind of issues to which some of us might have them more so and may have i have sound sensory to some things other people have sound sensory to this yeah they might need a quiet space a dark space 
and I feel like they should be accommodated because they want to have fun too. They shouldn't have to miss out on this just because things are a little loud for them. Yeah. Overstimulation so is a it. real issue. But it, it mm-hmm. would be really kind of interesting to see if somebody would walk around with that person going, can you like make your exchange a little bit quieter, please? <laughs> we actually, um, Sabo 10 2016, I was working security. It was the first year I worked for Sabo 10. Um, it's actually where I met you, I believe. <laughs> it's been a while. It has. Um, but I actually had one uh, woman, and I hate to say this this way because I know it's a stereotype, but it's 100% true, with the hired God Texan-style hair and haircut come up to me and tell me that we had to tell the thousands of people here that we had to keep it down because little Johnny was having a problem. And the only pro- the real problem was that she wasn't telling little Johnny no. Uh-huh. But apparently it was everybody else's fault, and we had to keep it down for his sake because he gets overexcited. So, like, I've, I've been on the receiving end of those Karens, and I'm just like, there's nothing I can do. We, what we can recommend is there's a spot over here that's a little quieter so you guys can calm down, but we can't tell these people to whisper because you're in a, you're in a bad mood. That's when you turn around and tell them, this is the bathroom's over there, grab a couple pieces of toilet paper and shove them in the kid's ear. Bring cotton balls. That's <laughs> what I used to do because I get, I get very overstimulated very easily. I would use cotton balls or earplugs. I used to work air shows for the Blue Angels and the Thunderbirds. Those jets are loud. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And some, a lot of people bring their families out to these, all these kids. And they don't realize that that can be damaging to the children's eardrums. So we always had earbuds on deck. We tried to keep those available for people. Absolutely. And so kids would come up to our booth, you know, screaming and crying. And the mom would be like, do you have an earbud? And we'd be like, here you go. And be like, do you have more than this? And I'm like, if your kid has a problem with sounds, this maybe was not a great place to take them. Yeah, no. If you know they're going to be auditory overstimulated, then don't take them to an air show. Mm-hmm. I'm a military <laughs> brat. I've been around those things my entire life, so I know how loud they can get. Like, don't take your five or six year old to that. They're not going to have a good time. Yeah, they are not. Any infant, that's going to terrify them, and they're going to scream. And they're, they're never going to trust them again. You know, it's, it takes one bad experience. It's just like with cons. One bad experience can ruin it for somebody's entire career. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why we kind of have to watch how we approach individuals you know because I, like for our security issue that we had the other day yeah um, you physically got handled yeah and he only got into my face so I I take it as okay he's overzealous in his job Are you okay, okay? yeah we'll, we'll talk about it after the podcast <laughs> we don't want to get me in trouble or anything like but, that but it's been handled yeah it, but the point being is is that it's that in certain cases could have been a point where the individual that was touched never wants to come back again because now they're going to have that same thought that security or somebody of a uh, of authority may be that person that does the you know you can't do that or something along that lines and boom scarred done they're they're running for the hills the quiet room quiet space at home mm-hmm and this is the opportunity here at these conventions for those kind of people to come out of their shell as we've kept we keep coming back around to it yep this is the best place to do it mm-hmm. you can come out of your shell you can be whoever you want to be when you want to be and you've got 40,000 people mm-hmm. that are all the same way i actually did not notice at first how much cons made me open made me open up. Um, I would go home from these events and I would be excited. I would still have con energy and I would say things that I don't usually say at home because I'm not very comfortable <laughs> even in my own home. Okay, now see, right there, I kinda, I, my mind kind of drifted and I'm all of a sudden saying, going, yeah, fuck you, mom. <laughs> I got balls now and that's the way things are going to go. Okay, that has happened before. <laughs> oh my goodness. Security, being on security, I learned how to stand up for myself. And so sometimes when my roommates will give me shit, I'll straight up tell them, nah, fuck off. I know what I'm doing. Stop it. But also, I'm much more silly here. I'm more vocally out there. I'm not even You're supposed to You're one of my favorite goofballs out here. <laughs> and we didn't even need to do the jello shots or anything in that I, one. Right. <laughs> the roommate pointed out to me, like, whenever you come back from cons, you're always so much more outlandish. And I'm like, that's because at cons, I am who I actually am. I'm not afraid 
of what anyone will think of me. First of all, because I don't know who I am. I'm wearing a cosplay. They can't look at me and go, hey, that's Cheryl from Starbucks. Right. Here, here's my example. This is a con. So while we're plugged in, we're juicing up. When this finally dies, we lose that energy. But when you unplug it, you're heading home, you've got plenty of juice, you got plenty of power, and you're just going overboard. Absolutely. Until, until that con battery dies. I mean, heck, at Sabaku this year, they had they had a problem getting you and I to do our jobs because we wouldn't stop talking and just going, oh my God, did you see this? Oh my God, did you see that? <laughs> we got yelled at for hanging out in the smoking corner for too long. <laughs> for, Granted, that was by my mother, so. And, and, some of, and some of our interviews this weekend are other good examples. Oh, I'm yeah. sitting there going, all right, so we need to, you know, to make this a 15-minute interview. Malachi. Says, yeah, that was good. <laughs> uh, Malachi was a 40-minute, a 40 to 50-minute interview. We did uh, Ryan, Ryan there that I have never thought of her as a as a talker and it's not a bad thing i love her to death she is phenomenal boom <laughs> that 15 minute interview was an hour and 15 minutes mm-hmm. Which is, <laughs> but it was fantastic it, it gets people to open up and that's what i love about doing this and the fact that i got to do this with you this weekend to help other people open up makes me so happy to see people getting excited about it, it and it's it's fun and it, i i will personally be knowing that i'm going to be running on this con energy for at least a couple of days mm-hmm. uh, and it's going to drive Everybody at the two jobs I work at, <laughs> nuts. Yeah, my wife's going to hate me because I already have plans on rearranging our furniture in our bedroom on Tuesday. Oh, yeah, I'm <laughs> repainting my house when I get home. Let me know if you need help because I'm going to need somebody to disperse this energy without getting my wife to kill me. <laughs> she's going she's gonna to be going, okay, first it was just going to be I'm going to do this color. But now it's going to be stars and stripes and little I mean, flakes. we always find those glow-in-the-dark <laughs> sticky stars. <laughs> oh, it God, started yes. with, like, my birthday is this month. And so oh, I was like, too? I'm going to clean my house for my birthday. And then I was like, well, I should paint the walls, too, if I'm going to be cleaning the house. To which I guess I could uh, put in a work order to fix the floor. To which I guess I could rearrange the living room. To which apparently we need new furniture. <laughs> hey, it always on, starts with one thing. On that night, note, have you ever been to Sunshine Acres? <laughs> I have not, but it sounds like the mental facility I need to go to. Well, (laughs) you you would think, but basically Sunshine Acres is a charity that has retail stores, and people donate a lot of their stuff to Sunshine Acres, and we turn around and resell it, which keeps things, the actual Sunshine Acres going. Well, our stores are very heavy in furniture. So, I mean, no matter what you're looking for, <laughs> chances are it's there. Oh, I've love seen, it. I've walked in there, I'm going, I am very poor, and this <laughs> place is screaming by me. <laughs> That's why I'm not allowed to go to thrift shops alone anymore, is that I will spend my entire paycheck at the thrift shop without even thinking about it, being like, well, I guess I'm eating ramen all week. Oh, <laughs> well, you should I've have seen me buying Halloween decorations this I'm, month. I went we like still four times our, we still in a week. Spirit together, because my wife will go unattended. So if I go with you, I'm no longer unattended. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. They haven't. They finally finished stocking the one right by my house. The first time I went, they only had like half the stuff up, and I only got a pair of earrings. Now I need to go back. And we it's went. Be we went over by Pecos in Arizona, and they had the same issues. So oh, we got hate some it. of the Halloween stuff in at, at our at our store, and I turned around going, I don't care about most of this stuff, but I don't know why, but they had some Halloween tablecloths, and I'm like, okay, I want those. <laughs> <laughs> those I want. I think it glows. I'm not sure, but it looks See, cool. It, my downfall is anything trick or treat related, because it's my absolute favorite horror movie. So like. I totally am not saving up to buy the life-size Sam animatronic with the lollipop and everything. (laughs) I want the giant inflatable plague doctor. I know the joke is old and late, but I still want it. Absolutely. That's not a want. That is a need. It is. That (laughs) and the very tall skeleton man that people keep poaching and reselling. For like three times the price. For no reason. I've seen this with stuff at Walmart, too. Like these little witch figurines I saw at Walmart for $10. Later saw it on Facebook for forty, and I was like, "Seriously? <laughs> yeah, like, I, I've seen no, that a lot I recently." Have, I can understand if it was like a collector's item. I went to the ninety-nine cent store, and I got these cute little two-tiered cupcake holders. It's metal. It's got like a little fence going around it, and a bird sitting on top. I paid six bucks for it. I saw it online for a hundred. Yeesh. And I was like, first of all, it's crooked and it's not fixable. It's just the way it was made. All of them. Why? Why would you screw because someone like that? Because people suck. They do. 
But everybody then the wants a buck. for Halloween, and I'm like, where did it all go? Right? Well. That's scary. Um, <laughs> is there anything else you wanted to, you know, promote? Any project you have coming up before we call it into this? Or is there anything you wanted to bring up? Saboton is an amazing con, and if you volunteer four hours of your day, you get a free day badge. And if you do that every day of the con, you get a full event pass. Ooh. And, you know, we need you, so please, please, okay. your gods, please. Volunteer. This is not a paid promotion by Greg. (laughs) I was about to say, is 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 there a now hiring sign done? Where's the now hiring sign? Where's the where's the you know? It's like Disney snipers. There's Greg snipers just waiting. Did she say it? Greg is over there with a sniper staring at me, and I'm just like nervous. All right, all right. She said it. You can call him off. She said it. (laughs) She sees us. Move. I can see this conversation down later, Greg. (laughs) Greg already turned around, going. You need to have volunteer for Greg's for Greg's conventions. <laughs> you need to volunteer for Greg's conventions. Greg's well, to start going. Do we really need people that badly? <laughs> it's not even that we need people that badly. It's, it's just, just a great a way to introduce yourself mm. to, the to the convention industry. scene, yeah. especially because I do not attend conventions unless I am working them. I am way too nervous to not know everybody on staff. Absolutely, and I understand because I've been there. We were talking about issues before, and and I want to wrap it up here too. But yeah. um, it was one of those things: is is everyone has issues, and we stated that. Even I have issues, and part of my issues are actually talking to people. So why in the hell did I start a podcast? <laughs> I don't like talking to people, and I started working customer service, and it became such an awkward thing. I developed an alpha Barbie voice. Oh, Everyone yes. I talked to. Oh, that is terrifying. Was, yes, isn't it? <laughs> Hi, oh I'm Barbie. It was all, but everyone on the phone loved me. Everyone thought I was also a robot, so no one would yell at me. <laughs> I spoke to someone for an hour, and they were like, hey, I, I know we've been talking for a while, but uh, are you a real person? <laughs> <laughs> That's scary. Sir, I made <laughs> jokes. Yes, I am. <laughs> That's the new AI <laughs> system. Yeah, the, the so AI when they, responds and makes jokes now. Yeah, when they talk about that phone tree, they're kicking it into an AI. It's not actually <laughs> someone, that uh, an automated system. There's just a robot there going, This is how we get Skynet people. <laughs> I would hear oh God, people like, go. oh, my God, would you just need... It's a robot. It's a robot. It can't do anything anyways. Yep. Well, <laughs> well not, uh, not right yet. <laughs> it was awesome getting to know you. I look forward to seeing your projects in the future. And thanks for coming and talking to us. Thank you for inviting me on. It was wonderful speaking to y'all. We're definitely here for the future. So. Yep. I will be too. And I see trees of green. Red roses too I see them blue For me and you And I think to myself Bullshit! What a wonderful world Where are you going? Going to pick a fight. Don't be too proud of this technological terror you've constructed.